everybody. Welcome to the Boom Podcast, where we are discussing Black Next Gen Ministry. I am Candace Wynn, and I am joined here with my boy, Robert Purvey. Purvey. Yo, we have the Reverend Dr. Powerhouse Akila Legande of Ministry Architects and Ministry Incubators in the house with us today. And I can't wait. I'm just, I feel like I say that in front of every conversation that I can't wait and I'm excited, but it's legit. Every conversation that we have, I cannot wait. And I am excited and I'm grateful to have you here, Akila. It's good to have you, sis. So happy to be here. So happy. Like, I love yeah. our other guests, but this pre-show was probably the best one we've had. So I'm excited about this conversation. <laughs> I, 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 I really am. I love all of our other guests. I really do. But I'm so excited to see where this one's going to go because very intelligent sister. Uh, in my former life, I was a hype girl. So, I mean, you know, just kidding. I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You might have been. You might have been. Like, what do you do in your spare time? What do you do in your well, spare time? Well, well, you know, it's a show for Christians. I'm going to keep it. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's so funny. All right. So, um, for those of you all who have watched or listened to our podcast regularly in the past, you know that whenever we get on with somebody, we got to play that game of what? Culture Tags. This is our commercial for Culture Tags. One day we're going to be sponsored by Culture yeah, Tags. Yeah, come on. We need the intro song. Come on. on. We are seeking it. We are seeking it. <laughs> we are seeking, putting it in the atmosphere. So the come atmosphere, on. God has no choice but to do something with it, right? There we go. Come on. All right. So I'm going to show you some letters, Akila. Okay. And your job is to figure out what this phrase is. It's from Black culture, all right? Mm-hmm. This category here is family and friends. And for uh-huh. those of you all listening, the letters are B-I-S-S, okay? okay. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what your parents say, your guardians say, your grandma say, your auntie, your uncle, your <laughs> somebody say, maybe even you say this to somebody, right? Whenever they ask you a question, mm-hmm. they ask you a question, a question about, why you tell somebody to do something and then they respond with why and then this is what comes out next okay so this one i am 46 years old uh-huh. and my mama still says this <laughs> come on mama when i question her because i said so come on right <laughs> just like that come on <laughs> because i said so and, she and then when you word. hear because I say so, you just know I can't say I, 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 that's I can't it. ask right. more questions. That's it. It's, in this generation, it's a whole new age of kids that we got here because they ask too many questions. Like just, just because I said so. And just stop it. Just stop, just stop it. it. I said so. <laughs> All right, next one. For those of you listening, the letters are W-H-D-I. And there's a question mark here. Now, this is something that people will say in church when 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 God um has shown has shown up to be God's self in a powerful way and you just in the house and you're just like you say what it's my, this is my cousin's favorite term <laughs> okay or anything especially when she gets some seafood won't he do it <laughs> okay favorite. so it's not that's right because it's not conf- it's not restricted to the confines of a church no, no. it's not it's in no. the store it's, it's in the mall it's, that's it's right where, when, when he comes say- through when come he on. comes through, come on. won't he do it? Won't he do it? <laughs> Nothing bogos, won't he do won't it? Won't he do yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> oh Absolutely. I'm like an old lady talking about some bogos. I am an old lady. I am an old lady. I'm down for it. That's right. <laughs> That's cool. Now, this is from a TV show, 90s sitcom, Steve Urkel on Family Matters, <laughs> D-I-D-T. Uh. 
question mark. Uh, Does it always come up? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh my yeah, goodness. Yeah. Yes. I can see him suspenders, glasses. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, always yeah. messing up something. Yeah. Always, I remember always. the first time I saw him as Stefan or Kale, and I was <gasps> like, oh, through, won't he do it? <laughs> won't he? <laughs> just that, was, that was writing genius right there to turn yeah. that that yeah. guy into like the cool kid that yeah. was whoever came up with that was that was good right mm-hmm. speaking of genius we are happy to have you doc you here oh. and your genius on this on this episode with us today thank you thank yeah, you so, so you're, you're a genius you, you got to tell us about it tell us about <laughs> uh like what you do what is ministry architects what is uh ministry incubators uh, what is it that you do yeah so i get the privilege of being a consultant and a coach so ministry architects is kind of like your traditional church consulting firm, right? Uh, if there was a such thing as a traditional <laughs> church consulting firm. Um, but we help churches across the country um, to kind of uh, build sustainable ministries. So I'm mm-hmm. excited about today. We're talking about strategy. We're talking about plan because that's really what I get to do with ministry architects. We get to help people lay out a blueprint for their ministries. Um, for example, if a youth pastor is moving on to another church, or if there's some transition within the ministry, we get to come in and help them kind of figure out what to do next or dream something up new and and actually lay out a blueprint. Like there's a report, there's assessment, there's a whole process to what we get to do. So helping churches build healthy, sustainable um, uh, church ministry um and even beyond the church. So we get to work with seminaries and judicatories and different denominations. Mm-hmm. Um, we're starting to help folks who are getting these fantastic grants around the country. So they'll write us in to help them implement some of the things that they want to do around um, assessment and evaluation and coaching and just project management. So walking alongside them. Um, so really weird strategy people at ministry and ministry architects. Um, can I can I throw in a question real quick about yeah. that? Because I know somebody just heard all that, and I know they heard all that, and they're like, "Oh man, our church needs that." Do yeah. you all? I mean, what it, when it comes to the funding piece of it, like, I mean, mm-hmm. is is it expensive? Like, what, what, is there any scholarships that are available? Yeah. Are churches able to apply? Or how does that? How does that? How does the funding piece work? We have a, Which is probably wide, a bigger conversation, but yeah, I mean, if anybody wants to know, please, please, please find me, like <laughs> ministryarchitects.com, and I would love to have this conversation. We have um, offerings that range from yeah, a bit expensive, and that would be more of the heavier things. Like if okay. we came in to do an assessment, you know, a three-day assessment with your church where we had listening groups and there's a report and there's multiple consultants on site with you, all the way to some options that aren't so expensive. Actually, they're worth a lot of money, but they're they're not so expensive. We have a stewardship um, e-course that pastors can take to help them as they're building like their fundraising and their stewardship. We have something called the volunteer accelerator. Um, Mm -hmm. And so if your church is like trying to figure out what are the gifts of the people in my congregation, and then how do I match them up with different places? um, This really cool kind of software program does that in minutes for you and really takes, um, takes the load off of you, you know, hey, what's your gifts? And then trying to match it up this program does it. So we have a really wide range to our coaching. So we have coaching packages. And so Mm. if a leader says, you know, I just need one-on-one or I have a children's pastor or an associate who just needs a coach, 
either they're new or they're in the middle of their season or at the end and they're transitioning, um, we coach folks on that. Um, and that doesn't cost a whole lot of money, a lot of money either. So we have a wide range of things to offer for folks. So that's the ministry strategies, right? That's ministry architects. More, architects. Yeah, that's ministry architects. So tell us like more about the incubators. Is that the same thing or yeah. different? So we're kind of like sister cousins. Okay. <laughs> Organizations. <laughs> uh, the founder of Ministry Architects is Mark DeVries. He's written a ton of books. He's also the co-founder of Ministry Incubators along with Kenda Creasy Dean. And both of those uh, folks are kind of youth ministry um, giants, geniuses, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And so um, incubators, we help early stage entrepreneurs to clarify, launch and sustain their venture. So that mm. might be a ministry, that might be a project, that might be a small business. Um, and so they come, uh, we do something called a hatchathon. So it's mm. kind of it's a kind of a spinoff of a hackathon. So you come in with your challenge, you come in with your project for like two or three days with us. And we try to get about a dozen or so churches or folks together, it might not be a church. And then we just kind of work that, we work it. So we help them to um, craft their origin story to define their why, to define their who, to define the what, and then the how. So we do wow. that over a couple of days. And when that's over, you get a coach. And then that coach walks with you for about a year. And then there are these cohorts we have in between. So we get to walk with folks for a year. And we've seen some incredible stuff. Like people have launched straight up businesses from, wow. from an idea. One, one person came in with no idea and said, can I just observe what y'all are doing? We said, no, 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 everybody plays. And I just made something up. She made it up. And it ended up being a fantastic ministry um, that like blessed a bunch of kids. So yeah, so that's the kind of stuff I get to do. That's the fun I get to have. That's fun. So how how did you get there? I mean, because Mm -hmm. you work at, I mean, two places that I tremendously respect and I'm doing great, great things in the ministry world. How did you, how did you get there? What was that journey like? Oh my goodness. Um, I grew up in Dayton, Ohio, uh, in a little, little bitty Baptist church in Dayton. Um, when I was a kid, I just, I didn't like church cause I didn't understand it. Our pastor mm. was old. <laughs> and when I say old, I mean like nineties, like he was old. Uh, he and was, a, he was 90 in the nineties. He was in his nineties. Oh yeah. Not, not moving to, he was deep yeah. into his nineties when I was a kid. Um, and so I never understood church for me. It was like a lot of a lot of yelling. It was a lot of sweating. It was a lot of words I didn't understand. Um, and I went because my family went, you know, my grandma, my mom, my aunties were there and I sang in the little kids choir, but church really never, like, it was just, a, it was just a place um, when I was mm-hmm. younger. Um, our pastor um, passed away and we got a new pastor and he was a young guy. He was like in his thirties. Mm-hmm. He was the first pastor that I had seen who wasn't older Mm. and who wasn't yelling at me mm. and i was like i can understand the work this is what's been in the bible the whole time like y- y'all i could have been learning this stuff i mean i had sunday school and a yeah. wonderful sunday school teacher but this was the first time like he made the the word come alive mm. i was like oh this is fantastic he also had a heart for young people and okay. so i grew up um at a time in the 90s where things like carjackings you know, you would get jacked for your shoes on the street. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things were happening. Starter and, jackets. Um, start, oh, Jordan. I love me a good starter jacket. <laughs> starter jackets. But they get you yeah. for it, though. If you're not careful, you get yeah. it. 
Um, but it was like, there was around my like freshman and sophomore year was really, really heavy. Like the violence mm -hmm. was, was actually, was, it, it was like ripping the community apart. Um, mm -hmm. And our pastor brought all the kids together um, and said, hey, if the violence in this city is going to change, it's going to be because of you. And I remember being like 13 saying, this man is crazy. Absolutely not. Like nobody's ever listened to us. We're a bunch of kids. What are we going to do? Like we don't, we don't have nothing. We have nothing. We have no resources. We have, we're just kids. And he challenged us and said, what you got? And we knew worship. We knew, we knew church. And he said, well, all right, how are you going to use that? And we started what I now call a movement. Um, we called it so authentic youth explosion and um, <laughs> it changed everything for me um, because my pastor saw gifts in me that I never thought I had. I was a pretty shy kid. Contrary to popular belief, I still am pretty shy, but he was able to um, kind of hone in on my gifts and give me a platform. And so when I was oh. 13, uh, 13 and 14, he really uh, kind of raised me and about five or six other young people up as leaders for a youth explosion mm. um, without us knowing it. Like, I don't even know, honestly, if he knew what he was doing at mm -hmm. that point. You know, he was young. It was um, the city was kind of buzzing and booming, all this stuff. And he had young people who were ready to do something, even if we didn't know how to articulate that. And so mm. he just kind of like, OK, well, we're going to do this. What do y'all want to do next? okay, we're going to try this. And it um, it ended up kind of uh, taking over the city a bit um, where we did like citywide youth explosions. We were at convention center and in parks and other churches and doing this thing. Um, and I really worked on uh, public speaking and preaching. Um, and it was something I didn't know I could do besides the Easter speeches I did when I was a kid. Right? So I didn't know I was okay standing in front of thousands of people Wow! Um, until he gave me that opportunity. But there wasn't, I don't think, <laughs> his name is Daryl Ward, and I'm going to ask him to listen to it because I love to hype him up and his wife, <laughs> Vanessa Ward. I don't think they sat down and said, let's talk about Akilah as a leader. I think it was like, mm. we see it, let's, let's, let's put her out there. And that happened. Um, until I was a young adult, just one at just, I could tell you stories, experience after experience of the leaders of my church, giving me a shot, giving me a chance. I, I like to tell people I was loved into leadership. Um, I mm. messed up constantly and they would say, it's all right. My parents were in that group as well. That's okay. Try again. Just gave me a chance to try, try. Um, and then I went to seminary and, uh, uh, in Chicago and graduated and thought I'd go home to Dayton and I didn't. I ended up um, going to DC for a year working for Young Life. And then I was like, I don't think Young Life is for me. I think I want to be a school teacher. And I was like, I don't think that doesn't feel right either. And my dad said, uh, there's a church you know in New York and you should, you should contact them again. Um, contact them and have a conversation. They were looking for a youth pastor, see if they're still looking. And they were. And I stayed mm. at that church for 12 years, little almost 12 wow. years. And then- Which um, church was it? First Presbyterian in Jamaica. Okay. It's in the okay. Jamaica, Queens, right in the middle. Uh -huh. And um, about after uh, close to 12 years, I felt this urge to that God was calling me to use all the experience that I had to do something else. And that's when I found Ministry Architects. Um, wow. 
and wow. uh, that's that's how I that's a long story to tell you that's how I got here. Yeah, yeah. no, but it sounds like your church was intentional about pouring mm-hmm. into you as a child, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and even as a teenager, um, maybe even more so as a teenager. I don't know um, if you'd agree with that than than as a child, but. And it sounds like there was some strategy around what they were doing at your church. Would you agree with that? I will. I will. I don't know if I think they were intentional. Um, So now that I'm older and I'm in this work, I think of strategy, like actually writing it down and like Uh you got the things. I don't know if they had that, but I think they had a strategy of how they wanted to see the church grow and how they wanted to see the young people in the church. Mm -hmm. Like, they okay. were very clear on they wanted they a platform vision. for young people. They had, they, had, they had vision. They have they definitely so, have vision. And I think so for me, my church, I don't feel like the church that, that I grew up at in um so sorry if y'all are listening. Um I don't really feel like there was much <laughs> vision or strategy. Hmm. I feel like it was one of those places where we just the kids went to upstairs to this room and it was from babies until young adults because you know, young adults, right? That's right. Yeah. Get older, you got kids, right. and you in there with your kids, right? Because right. this is where all these young people go, right? right? That's right. And we just went right. there. We went on, we went to things like Lock Harry. I don't know if y'all familiar with Lock Harry. I know somebody out there is familiar with Lock Harry, the youth conference. Um, happened, it, it used to happen over at, down in Virginia at Shaw University. Um, we went there every summer. And But, but beyond that, I don't really know that there was much, um, there might have been people that were passionate. And very, very passionate and very, there's even someone to this day, if I look at my Facebook page, not abnormal for her to be like, oh, there's one of my junior missionaries. I'm so proud of you, Candice, right? Yeah. Um, people were passionate and really wanted to see us do well and learn the Bible and succeed. But I don't mm-hmm. really feel like there was um, there was much, um, much maybe strategy around it, you know? Um, Perfect. What, what was your experience like growing up? Did, was it, did y'all have much strategy within your church? So, um the church boy from the heart, from the, Man, from the- say, I'm, I'm church. I was born, church. In, I was baptized twice. My mom got saved and got baptized when I was in her womb. And then wow. I got baptized when I was five. Wow. So I've, been, I've, I've been in the church like all my life. I'm a church boy yeah. through and through, right? Yeah. Uh, but one thing that Akilah said that really stuck out to me is that I think your church is, a, is, a, is an anomaly that got a young pastor back in the in the 90s. Cause yeah. that's that's when a lot of old pastors that are older now, they start they started pastoring then, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so um, that's real cool that your church was able to do that in that time span because the church I grew up in uh, was really for adults. Hmm. The, the mm-hmm. church I was at, but when my dad accepted his call to the ministry, and even my dad's church, the church that he pastored, was really for adults, for students. Hmm. It was really uh, kind of event driven, and then we did hmm. Sunday school or vacation Bible school or things like that. But so. I'm I'm like you, Candace. Like we 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 had love, we had mm-hmm. love, and we had and we had community, but we're mm-hmm. really no vision or strategy. And so as I grew older, my desire was to make sure that churches like that, were like mine where I grew up, actually had vision and strategy. Because I know we could have been much more in tune to our calling and what mm-hmm. the Lord was calling us to do, much more honed with our skill set. And, and and how we can use that if we have more vision and strategy in our church. But we yeah. got a lot of love. A lot yeah. of love. Mm-hmm. We, we, we know how to have fellowship. We know how to have community. Like we, we know how to connect. You put us in any room and we're going to leave with friends. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but as far as st- strategy, uh, so yeah, so that, that's the type of church I grew up in uh, yeah. when I was a kid. 
Yeah. Do y'all think that there needs to be a strategy within churches? Because I mean, like, listen, we didn't really have much strategy. I turned out fine. I'm actually in ministry, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I know that I know that's not everybody's everybody's story, right? And I know that's not yeah. true for everybody who grew up in the church with me. But what do y'all think? Do y'all think that the, the churches need to have some sort of a strategy, or do you feel like? Because I feel like that. Sound like Akila. Sound like your church leaned on more of a relational strategy, mm-hmm. and and investing in more in in people. And which I feel like is a strategy, honestly, for me in ministry that I followed for many years. I wasn't writing mm-hmm. stuff down and formalizing it until, you know, several yeah. years deep into to my ministry journey. And honestly, y'all, this is straight up. I feel like some of the strongest relationships that I have of some of the kids that I have been in ministry, that mm-hmm. I've served in ministry, are from those early, young, earlier years of me being in ministry. Um, a huge part of it because that's when I was single before I had kids and life just looked real different for me then. Mm-hmm. But I also think at the same time, it was more of when you start adding in different pieces to the puzzle, there's a different kind of pressure that's mm-hmm. on you as a leader, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So what do y'all think? Do y'all think that there needs to be, Keila, love you to jump maybe on that first. Do y'all think there needs yeah. to be some sort of a strategy within churches? Yes, I think so. Um, and... <laughs> I think I have to say it because it's my job, but also um, (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, as we were talking, I'm listening to y'all's story and kind of reflecting on my own. I realized that the church that I grew up in didn't have that kind of written down, at least for the youth ministry um, kind of strategy. But what it did was propel um, a more strategic look at the whole congregation. Right. So the congregation blew up. Just people, Mm. it just, I mean, it it blew up. And so it caused the leadership to say, okay, all right, now we need to put a plan into place. And so, um, uh, so even now uh, it's the kind of of church that, you know, they'll do like, what's our three-year goals? What's our five-year goals? They do things like listening sessions with congregations. So um, knowing that and working with churches around the country who, um, who take seriously, uh, Kind of writing out or drawing their strategies, having a strategy, mm-hmm. having a plan, including a vision um, that gives you, I feel like it gives you freedom to mm-hmm. play around. Like uh, it might sound weird, right? It might sound like, all right, if I look at five years down the road, I say, this is kind of the direction we're going to pray that geez, we're going to do the, we're going to do the work, but we're also going to leave work room for the Holy Spirit, right? Some people might say that seems too boxed in. And I think that's why some churches don't do it. Like, no, we just need to hear from the spirit. We're not going to pretend like we know what's going to happen. But there is some freedom in kind of having this vision, having this plan before you, because um, you get to play around with it, right? Mm-hmm. God might throw a God might throw a little uh, curveball in there. He's like, all right, but we have yeah. a plan. <laughs> yeah. right? Totally fall apart um, because we have a plan. That plan might change, but we have a foundation. We have a foundation to move from. So I think it's very important um, mm-hmm. for churches. Because Perby, I feel like something is going in your... Well, not like, yeah. I, love, I love this type of talk, right? Because it's yeah. like you plan your work, then you work your plan, right? And, and if, if we're always preaching yeah, faith yeah. without works is dead, we got a whole lot of faith and not a lot of work. No, right? come on. Right? And, and so it's, it's one of those things I, I, I need our churches to really realize, like, yes, you, you're anointed, you're gifted. And I think that we as a black church, we rely, we're so strong and, and and we we build community organically. Mm-hmm. Right. And so sometimes when it comes to strategy, it's kind of hard to hear it because what other people have to work to do, we do it organically. 
Mm -hmm. But 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 I think that it's very important for us to build our strategies for this next generation because they think differently than our parents did. Exactly. They want to know the what, the why, the when, the where, because they have schedules. Uh, Church church doesn't come organically important. So Mm -hmm. so 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 why should it be important? Got to have a strategy for that to happen. Mm -hmm. Right. So I completely agree that, yes, we need to have strategy, which is why I'm glad you're here and we're having this conversation because um, how how do you get churches to realize that a strategy is needed? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, how does that even happen? Oh, friends, that is the journey. <laughs> I, I think one of my, um, my, my heart breaks a little bit, a, a lot actually, when, especially for black churches, when, when we, I can see, I can see it like, oh, this is the, this is the issue. This is the challenge you're having. Uh-huh. Let, let's come in or, you know, I would love to come in, walk alongside you and help you crack this code, help you to like create a plan, create some goals, create your vision and your mission. It's going to cost you a little bit of money. It's going to cost you a little bit of time. It's going to cost you a little bit of energy. And to hear congregations go, we can figure it out on their own. We can figure it out on our own. Like we've done it this long. Well, clearly, yeah. You keep running into a wall and there's there's help like we can we can help you. And so I'm laughing because sometimes it's not something we do that gets them to see it is they hit that wall so many times yeah. that they're like, oh, maybe we can't do this on our own. Or um, sometimes it takes it takes the senior leadership to come in and uh, either have a revelation or to have this kind of um, this this desire to do something mm-hmm. different. Because I think churches are used to, especially black churches, because we have the, the relational resources, we know how to connect, it's in our DNA, right? It's in the DNA mm-hmm. of the black church. We know how to talk to one another. We know how to get stuff done with very right. little amounts of money, mm-hmm. very a little amounts of volunteers and helpers. Like we get it done and we do it very well. Then we end up burning folks out. We burn yeah. out the pastor, we burn out the volunteers. And what, what I want to say is there is a better way. You don't have to burn yourself out. There are folks who want to help you. Um, there are three on this call right now who want to walk alongside you. Um, but sometimes they don't see it until, like I said, they hit the wall. There's a revelation, something like, I know a pandemic happens. Um, like something happens. <laughs> and, <Right. laughs> and then everybody says, oh, but wait. But even then, even then I've realized uh-huh. um, that that some churches are still... Mm-mm, because it's a different kind of language. Yeah. You start talking about maybe we're comfortable with mission and vision. Maybe. Not always. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But when you start talking about strategic plans and like laying out goals and the, the and Lord does that. The Lord, I don't the know. Like we don't we don't need to <laughs> or it's just it's just it's a different way. And I'm yeah. not saying it's wrong, but uh, there's just a different yeah, I don't want I don't want anybody to feel, you know, like, oh man, they're talking yeah. <laughs> talking about it about my church, but there's just there's a different way. And I yeah. think also for um maybe a couple of years I might ago I might have said like I am older churches, but that's not true either. There are some churches that aren't older churches that still have this, but we got enough talent to take care of it on our own mm-hmm. or we'll figure it out along the way, or we're just gonna let the spirit tell us what to do next year. Um mm-hmm. But you burn folks out real quick with that. Um, I think you waste a lot of money um, mm. doing that. 
Um, so yeah, all of it comes, ah, there's so much, I think it, it comes yeah. into yeah. your budget and the energy of your people and the energy of not just of the congregation, but your staff, mm-hmm. even if it's just one or two people, like without a plan, people get tired. They do. So, it's a long race. Do. Cause I'm, I'm gonna go left and come back. Right. Okay. Cause here <laughs> it is. Like when the Lord told Noah that it was mm-hmm. going to rain. Told, told no, it's, I'm it's sorry, pause. Right. Pause for a second. I just knew that somebody was going to bring this up in this conversation. And this is just, go ahead. Just saying, go on here. Go ahead. He gave him specific instructions, strategies <laughs> on how to build the ark so uh-huh. the ark could be equipped to handle the rain he was going to send. Uh-huh. Right? So if God gives specific instructions on how to build, like I mean, gave him down down to the the cubic centimeters, like and when what mm-hmm. he needed, and everyone yeah. go to be prepared for what he was sending. Yeah. Like that, God gives us strategies and instructions on how to deal with the storms of life, of culture, yeah. of uh-huh. everything. Right, and I don't understand why we don't get that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I'm not gonna preach it all. I just want to throw it out there. <laughs> but you know, but you, know, you I already think, preached it. I, I think, but I think some of it, some of it is too. Though I think that that budget, that finance piece, is a huge piece of it too, yeah. right? Especially if you think about bringing in a, an organization like Ministry Architects or Ministry Incubators, people hear that and they instantly see dollar signs, yeah. and they instantly it's like, oh man, we can't afford it, right? That's why I ask a question about about the budget, right? But then the reality is, too, there's all kind of free resources that are out there. There's resources on Ministry Architects website that are out there that are free for you, right, to get to utilize, to help to build, to get a starting place to to build your own stuff. But people sometimes are still are still hesitant. and I'm thinking about like the, the kids, pastor, director, the kid, the, the youth leader, pastor, minister, whoever, whatever the churches are calling people, because everybody got a different title. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? The person that's over the kids in the youth church. I think about the person in that seat who might be listening to this, right? And they and they're like, hey, our church needs something, you know, I, I, and buy in begins with senior leadership. If your senior leader is is because it's hard to have. You can have a structure around around. Um, around around youth ministry or kids ministry right and, and that structure and that strategy might require volunteers but if people aren't being discipled in the broader church sense of it's important to volunteer and it's important to serve then you getting the volunteers to serve and your kid for your kids and for your youth can be really really challenging really hard right so therefore there needs to be an entire church buy-in from senior leadership from your trustees or your your um mm-hmm. uh, sprc team or your board of directors whatever the governing body is of your at your church right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but how can this is kind of throwing us out there what are what are some different ways or is there anything that you can think of or to help a leader who's like our church needs some greater strategy, but our senior leader is just not hearing it like how, how can that person help their church to come along and implement some sort of a strategy so that the kids and the youth can ultimately get what it is that they need? Yeah. Any thoughts on that? I am a firm believer in um, in story, and I think especially for um, for children and youth leaders, right, is that the better you can shape the narrative around ministry, what you're doing, what you want to do, um, even in the context of the whole community. Like if you're able to share those stories, right, without any strings attached, you're just continuing to. This is what kids need. 
This is what we're providing. This is what we could provide. This is the, the you know, what's happening in the world, like continuing to tell that story. Um, and then coming back to your senior leadership and the congregation and saying like, this is where we are. This is where we could be for the future of the church and not just the future of the church, but for the future of these young people. So not mm-hmm. just so we can have, you know, more leaders for the next generation, but how can, how are we helping these young people be uh, disciples, lovers of Jesus? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we help them do that? Um, I think kind of starts with, I always start with story. I think it, it always comes back. Let me tell you a story about Jamal. This is what he's doing. This is what he needs. Let me tell you a story about, you know, Chantel, you know, um, so that so that the 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 ministry just doesn't is just it's not just this program, but it's mm-hmm. real life people and what we could do to help them to know Jesus more, to know themselves more um, could be an interesting conversation with your pastor. Right. To sit with a pastor mm-hmm. and go, here are three kids that have been showing up been doing a really great job. Let me tell you their story. Pastor, you know what we could do to help them. Do you know what they could do to help us? Because it's not all mm-hmm. about us like. Young people have have gifts and talents and assets that we have never dreamed of, that we could not even <laughs> dare to like know mm-hmm. how they do. Um, and I wonder if that's a, an interesting way to come to a pastor, to come to senior leadership. Let me tell you some stories. And it's not going to work the first time. They're going to be like, mm, mm-hmm. that's a great story. Tell me what you're doing. I am telling you what I'm, this is what I'm doing. Getting to know these young people. This is a story of our community. This is a story of what mm-hmm. I see in our congregation. Um, and I think, Pastor, if we're going to move forward, we, you know, we got to we got to kind of talk about some things for the future. We got to lay those things out. So in a maybe non-conventional way, I think mm-hmm. story is a good um, a good way to have a conversation with senior leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I love that. I, I love I love the story angle. And I think it goes even deeper than the pastor. Right? It also goes pastor and the church. Yes. Right? Because I think a lot of times when we do church announcements or we, you know, we, we show things to the church about what the church is doing. Very rarely do we hear the stories of what the ministry is impacting. Right. Yeah. So, so and, and, and the church, the general church body are those who pay tithes. Right. And those who help the operation of the church go through their giving. What would it look like? Um, for them to hear stories of how their giving is helping yeah. the next generation, right? Like what, mm-hmm. like on a consistent basis, like well, at least every month, impact stories on how ministry structure is helping families and helping students and helping mm-hmm. kids. And so that 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 is powerful, right? And but all of that, if I'm not mistaken, if I am, correct me. But all that goes into a strategy, right? Like, like, like yeah. sitting down, writing it out, strategizing. This is what we're going to show our congregation. And so if, if, if a church was trying to implement that type of strategy, like where would they even start? I want, I want to divert that to you, Akila. Where would they even start? If we're talking about that, that story aspect, where, where do they start with that? If that's going to be a part of their strategy to show people what's what's happening in their church. Where do they start? Mm-hmm. I think it starts with getting to know. So if it's a youth ministry, let's break it down a little bit, right? So uh, being a bit more observant, I think a lot of times for children and youth ministry, we get caught up in, as we should, in all of the things that we have to do. And we kind of forget to be present in the moment. So we miss the stories. Like we miss those Mm. chances to connect with young people because we're like, we got to get the plates for the thing. And is the projector set up? And did we call the, um, did we call the person who's going to come and do the stuff? 
um, that we miss the chances to actually be with the students and to be with their parents. Um, that's where we get the stories from. And so I, I think if there was a step, right, I think the first step is figuring out how can I be more present in the moment mm-hmm. that I'm with that I'm with the kids as opposed to, oh, we need a story for Sunday. Somebody mm. come, I'm pick on Jamal and Chantel for some reason those are the names. <laughs> I do not know a Jamal or Chantel, but call somebody, call Jamal, text Jamal, tell him to write three paragraphs about how things are going at Howard. Yeah. Like, no, 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 that's not, that's not what we're talking about. Um, call Jamal a month before you want the story, you know, some weeks before and say, how you doing? How, how are things going? Tell me, you know, the stuff you were learning in youth group. Now you're in college. Has that helped you? Like what, what's, what's helped you on your journey? So coming all the way back to the relational part, right? Um, but if there was a first step, I would say we got to figure out how to be more present um, in the midst of doing it all, doing all the things. And that's hard. That's easier said than done. But that's how you get a story, right? Yeah. Candace asked me a story. I spilled all of my guts because (laughs) y'all took the time to ask me a question, right? You asked me a question. I gave you an answer because we have this time together. And it's the same thing in churches. We just don't do that. And this is across the board. This is black churches. This is white churches. Mm -hmm. This is um, Asian. This is everybody's church. We don't do a, a very good job at just being with one another. There's always something else. Yeah. yeah, that's so real because you know a lot. But that thing also a lot of times when you're trying to implement certain strategies, you're trying to um, build the boat while you while you while you also uh, <laughs> uh, 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 sit in it and, and float in it, right? Yeah. Right. You know, right. and and that's what ministry can feel like because it's like, hey, yeah. but Sunday's coming. You know, one thing that I did not realize, one thing I did not realize before I got into ministry is y'all there is a Sunday in every week. What? And they it come sure around is. so fast, Ooh, right? Lightning. Weekends look so tomorrow. much different, right? <laughs> tomorrow. It's tomorrow always is tomorrow. Sunday. It's Basically. always tomorrow. Always. Weekends look so much different when when you are in ministry and you're serving within a church. You know, people are, people are like, what do you do when you serve at the church? You just prepare for Sunday? No, it's so much more than just preparing for Sunday. Oh you know, it's so much more to it. But when you when you have these these weeks that go by so fast and these days that kind of just like fall up against each other, it, it's easy. It's so easy mm-hmm. to get caught up in just the, the day-to-day and the things that have to get done for that particular week to not think about the bigger picture and how, what it is that, that how that item or that thing that you're doing for that particular week fits into the bigger picture, yeah. um, the bigger picture of the the ministry in yeah. itself. Yeah. I- so I, I I worked for a pastor, um, the pastor I worked with in Queens. Uh, I'm going to shout mm-hmm. him out, too, because he's amazing. Patrick O'Connor at First Presbyterian. Um, mm-hmm. He His strategy um, okay. was based on relationships. So he comes from mm-hmm. a, a community organizing world. Um, and as a, as a youth pastor, as his associate pastor, part of my job was doing one-on-one conversations at least at one point he had me doing like 10 a week. And then, you know, he kind of, after I got going, he was like, all right, we can ease up a little bit, but making sure that I sat with somebody intergenerational Uh, at mm. least 10 a week where I wasn't actually asking them to do anything. That's right. I wasn't saying like, Hey, can you serve on the kitchen thing? Can you, no, no, no. He was like, I need you to sit with the people and talk to them, ask them what, like figure out what's going on. Just let them talk. 
Um, because his bigger plan was that that's those stories from all of the staff folks, that's what shaped our vision. That's what shaped the mission. That's what shaped the next three to five years of the church. Um, and so, um, you know, when we think about, I, there might be somebody listening like, oh my goodness, it's so hard. Like the you're writing out a plan. I'm like, what if you start with just listening to folks, getting their stories without any agenda, you're just collecting you're a story collector. You're just, a, I'm not even going to say data information because then that makes it seem like you got to put it in some formula. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying you're gathering, you're gathering stories, you're gathering experiences, um, but always keeping in the back of your mind, how is that going to shape this ministry? Um, mm -hmm. And I think that helps when you're, when you're just beginning to think about what a strategy for your ministry looks like. But he and was brilliant at that. Yeah, that's a great, that's, a, that's an amazing place to start. That whole relational piece and really understanding people and connecting with people. I mean, I know at one point it was, I looked at the text thread that I had between me and the volunteer and I'm like, dang, I'm only reaching out to you. Boy, I'm swiping and I'm like, I'm only reaching out, asking you for stuff. It's no, right. how you doing, sis? You know what I'm saying? Or how you doing, bro? None of that. Um, yeah. And I, But I, what I like about that too is that I think that there's some some people who I've connected with over the years you know, might be kind of resistant to a strategy because best practices aren't or best practices aren't always translatable or transferable and just accessibility to resources and people knowing what the resources are that are out there and knowing exactly where to go to find different things that might be able to help them help them in um, in ministry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, well, not so I know like Akila. And the work that she does, even the work that you do, uh, see, it's like there are people that can help you strategize around what you do well. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times our churches feel like they have to go out and find something brand new and try to re-implement something into their church. When in reality, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There are people who can help your wheel all spin better. Right? Mm -hmm. like, like, like it's just that your, your wheel has stopped spinning, but the wheel is created. We can help you spin it faster or spin it better, right? There are people, there are very smart, intelligent people that can mm -hmm. come inside what you're already doing and just give strategy to who you already are. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of times uh, our people get scared of things we don't know, but in mm -hmm. reality, we're just giving strategy to what you already do. Just uh, and any leader watching this podcast or in listening to what we're discussing is we're not saying that you are a bad church that you're a lost church or a dying church. We're trying to make sure that you're not a bad church, that you're not mm -hmm. a lost church, that you're not a dying church, right? Because, mm -hmm. and, and that comes when you have a strategy and a plan for where you're going. You gotta know mm -hmm. this generation that you're serving that's coming up in your church, they will thank you for having a plan in place that mm -hmm. ensures their walk with the Lord, their success as a young person and a parent going forward. They will thank you for that because mm -hmm. there's yeah. no strategy for this out in the world. So they need it in your church so they can get better. So this is, this has been a dope conversation. Like, yeah. I could talk to you all day, Doc. I know, we just can see you, go get some yeah. snacks or something. The only, the only other, uh, that yes. And what do you already have in your congregation? That's mm -hmm. right. There are folks I'm sure who maybe had jobs for 30 years or 20 years or five years who they live in this world of strategy and planning and goals and vision and mission. They just waiting. Yeah. They're just waiting on somebody to be like, Hey, we got a place for you to share your gifts, not singing in the choir, 
It's not, you know, leading a certain committee or project, but it's using something that they actually, they know how to do. And so, yeah. um, you know, if, if there's folks like, I don't know about ministry architects and, you know, I don't know, I might have to, that's a lot. I don't know those people. I get it. There might be some folks within your congregation that can also help, but also there are some people who are really excited and <laughs> for ministry architects. That's me. I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. It's just like really, I would love more black churches to um, partake in all the wonderful things that we get to do with folks. Um, mm-hmm. But bring uh, in ministry architects so they can help you find the people. That's what I'm church. saying. Get, bring right. us in. If you if right. you're afraid to find them, right. give us a call. We will find well, them for you. Go. We'll pull them out of the weeds. We will help you. We want to help you. Uh, it is my greatest desire to have more black churches um, get the resources that we provide. Um, they yeah. just get a little nervous around the money little nervous yeah. around like can they really help us yes we can really help you we mm-hmm. really really can and really want to so yeah that's cool that's something i mean we, we've talked a lot about strategy strategy today and like it's been great but like see what is the the strategy that the lord has given you for boom like how why do people need to keep watching these podcasts share them with everybody they know i want you to keep expressing that because you've expressed it to me Privately, yeah. publicly, I want people to hear. That's a good. That's a good question. Um, so, so one is connecting people with connecting people who are part of Boom with people like Akila, like you know, black like Dr. Lagande, right? <laughs> um, who are able to help help the churches to to be alongside for you know a longer journey and a, and a really strategic process. You know, um, we've had some pretty amazing people who have been on this podcast uh, already, and um, some people who are going to still you know um, on dot to be a part of our conversation too. And, and the reality is, I mean, one of the things that I love about Black people is I feel like everyone who's ever invited to be a part of this conversation is such a such a champion of Boone and the work that we're doing and are willing to support churches, right? Um, and and are willing to come alongside and support and be, and be a resource. So I mean, anybody who's been on these podcasts, feel free to reach out to them. You know, and if you can't find them, I'll connect you. I got no problem, you know, connecting with somebody, get a little DM email going. Um, but I think that, that a huge part of the strategy piece for one is, is providing some connection start building some relationships with there. But within Boom, we've got, you know, our culturally responsive ministry strategy that we're working to, to, to engage in and to implement. And what that really looks like is one, yeah, connecting people with, with other folks like like um, Akilah or all the others who've been on our podcast too. But also in the bigger picture is providing some group conversation around some different topics. So each month we'll have different conversation topics within our Facebook group, the Boom Community Facebook group. If you are not a part of the Boom Community Facebook group, go and be a part of the Boom Community Facebook group. But throughout the month, of course, the month of July, we're talking about mission and we're talking about purpose and we're talking about vision. So we're talking about a lot of these things that we're talking about today. And throughout the course of the month, um, we'll have conversation starters posted on the on the on the thread there. And we'll have opportunities to hop on Zoom to just engage in some conversation with other ministry thought leaders who are serving in similar capacities to yours. Just really be able to um, figure out what does this really look like to implement this within my church? Um, And then also providing a resource list to um, to be able to dive in even deeper to some of these conversations. This has been a great conversation, Akila. I'm just excited to, that, to, that you've been a part of this, that you're willing to engage in this conversation. You have been a wealth of knowledge and looking forward to uh, continuing to serve alongside you as we keep on doing this work together today. Perby, my brother, thanks for being here too. 
on this journey. And for everybody listening, thank y'all for listening. And until next time, we'll talk to you later.